Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. About how it's going to be different in our lives this year. And a lot of times people think that every year until it gets to a point where you stop expecting a difference. We... Sometimes, uh, whether it's relationships, whether it's jobs, we have the thought, well, it's going to be different, it's going to be different, but when you're discouraged so many times or let down so many times, you stop believing that it's going to be different. Am I right? You start thinking, well, it's going to just be like last time. Why even try if it's going to just be like before? Should I even, why, why even go to church? It's going to just be like the last church I went to. Why go to this Sunday I'm not going to get anything out of the message just like last Sunday. And it starts being this lack of hope and a lack of expectation when we do not see things being different. And as we go into this fast, I want us to, I want it to be a time, like I was saying earlier, where we use this moment to really check our hearts. Fasting is one of the best ways to purify your heart. And I'm not talking about with just like sin and junk and things that we shouldn't be doing. I'm talking about with a real character and our, our, the softness of our heart, the hardness of our heart. That's what I'm talking about. And I wanted to start, we're going to kind of be all over the place. I'll, I'll be real with y'all. But I want to start with this first concept because all of this message, I want us to really look at this fast and it being connected to our hearts. And in Mark chapter 3, verse 6, Jesus had just healed a man's hand on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees were pissed. And it says, At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. And it's those of you all who have ever heard, uh, uh, gone through the New Testament like last year, or um, read any part of the Bible, uh, in any part of the Gospels, the Pharisees are constantly wanting to kill Jesus until they eventually crucify him. And I want us to focus on this part right here. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of that day. And it says that at once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. And let's go a little bit into the, the history and the culture for a second. Rome is, is the superpower in this day. They are the, pretty much the, the governing authorities over Israel. And so it's, it's equivalent to if uh, any country were to invade the U.S. and beat us, and then all of the U.S. citizens are now forced to be uh, uh, within that country. Does that make sense? And so they, Israel was conquered by Rome. And even though they were conquered by Rome, they were still separated by Rome. And they were Israelites. And there is plenty of times where there is insurgencies, rebellions, and etc. And Israel is constantly fighting to be an independent country again. It's their heart's desire. It's their promise from God. And... Every time that they are conquered by another nation, it's a bad thing. 
and they hate it. They, they don't like that, that yoke that they're carrying. And Herod is one of those governing authorities of Rome over Israel. And right here we see the religious leaders of the Jews. It says that in order to plot how to kill Jesus, they went to the supporters of Herod. Which means that they went to their very own enemies, the people that they wanted freedom from, to go and plot of how to get rid of Jesus. And in their minds, they were, it was a compromise that they were willing to make in order to fight for their cause. They, they had somehow managed to believe that Jesus was going to lead people away from God, the Father. And so they had made it up in their mind, that this compromise that, well, if we just mix ourselves with evil, with the people that we, don't, that we don't want to be subject to, it's for the greater cause. And what's really I want you to get across this story is because a lot, not many of us can really relate to that. It's like, well, I don't see myself mixing with an enemy. I don't see myself compromising like that, like a strong belief system. But what is a deeper tone is that what they really have is an ambition mixed with a hard heart. Their ambition is somewhat noble, that they want God to be honored and glorified, but because their heart is so hard, they can't recognize God right in front of them. And this idea of ambition mixed with a hard heart is the most dangerous combination for your soul. Ambition mixed with a hard heart is also the most dangerous combination for your future. And if you take ambition by itself, it can be a very positive thing. But when you, when you mix it with a hard heart, it causes you to look at people as just a means to an end. And you'll use people or, uh, in order to achieve what you want. And during this fast, I want us to really have a heart check to see if we have hard hearts. And I've said it before, but the times that I've felt like I don't have a hard heart have been the most, that some of the times I've had the hardest stone cold heart. And as we go into this, this fast, I want your prayer to be, God, soften my heart. Soften my heart. Soften my heart. Because just like these, these religious leaders of that time, they could not even see the destruction they were really doing to their people, to their God, or even to themselves because of the hardness of their heart. And we have done some really stupid things because our hearts were so hard. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And so, from this point, if we were to all just look at ourselves and just say, I have a hard heart that needs to be softened. If you can bring yourself to a humble position like that, I believe that God can start a, such a great work to where you will see things that you've never seen before. If you've ever wondered, how come other people feel like they hear from God or see God or found God, blah, blah, blah. How come I haven't experienced that yet? I would, I would project to you 
that perhaps you need to just start right there and asking God to soften your heart. Because maybe those things have been in front of you. God has been speaking to you, but you couldn't receive it because your heart was too hard. The Bible describes our heart like, uh, like soil. And that there's no way a seed could be sown into a heart if the, if the soil is too hard to break through. And that our hearts need to be softened up so that not only so, that seed could be planted, but so that it could grow through. And so, that being said, we need to start where you're at. Every person here is at a different place in their spiritual walk and their spiritual journey. And what I've found in church, I guess the world, is that we're really good at comparing ourselves. Would you all agree? And when we compare ourselves, we constantly stunt our growth and we don't feel like we've really grown as much as we have. I remember, uh, I like going to the gym and... There'd be times where I felt like I was really like making some gains. And one time I was like, I need to get more inspired. I need to get more inspired. And so I looked up this, this video of Arnold Schwarzenegger working out when he was 21. Ridiculous. It's like, it just looks insane. And while you're watching it, you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> but then right afterwards, I went to the mirror like, oh my God, <laughs> I feel like I'm a toothpick now. I, I, I thought I was doing pretty good, but after I compared to this guy, I feel like I haven't even gotten anywhere. And that's what comparing does to us, especially in church, to where you don't even realize how much you've grown as a Christian because you're trying to compare yourself in other areas to other people. And I want to share with you all this verse in Mark chapter 2, verse 21 through 22 the religious leaders just uh, accused Jesus and asked him, how come your disciples don't fast like the rest of us? How come you guys don't fast like us? And Jesus says, besides who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I had no idea what this meant for like the last seven years of my faith. <laughs> um, it took seven years. What I'm saying is it took me seven years to really understand what Jesus was saying. Every time I'd read through the scripture, I was like, what the heck is he talking about? I had no idea what was going on. And one day, I, really, I think it was during a fast too, where I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. What he's saying is that the disciples that Jesus got, these people were fishermen before. They literally just became Christians. They just became godly people. And he's saying their new wineskins, their new wine, why would I put them in old wineskins? What, what is an old wineskin? It's a skin that was once new, but through its experience and seasons, it became an old wineskin and it was stretched out. And so what he's saying is you can't put a, a seasoned practice or you can't expect a great experience or great um, devotion types. You can't expect great um, practices, really intense things on people that just are just getting started. 
saying you can't expect these people that just start going to the gym to be squatting with three plates on each side. Saying they need, they, they need to get worked into their own wineskins. They need to get the motions first before they can start doing more experienced stuff. And for you guys, as you're doing this fast, you need to know that wherever you're starting at, that's a place that God is wanting you to start at. That It is good and you don't need to compare yourself to somebody else's fast and feel like, well, then my fast doesn't really count. Y'all know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're doing a, say you're doing an entertainment fast and then someone else is just doing a juice fast where they're not even eating, they're just, they're only drinking liquid. And you're like, well, shoot, I'm eating and stuff. I'm, my entertainment fast seems like nothing compared to theirs. That's a dumb thing to do. You, you start where you're able to start at. And maybe next year you'll be at a different place, but you don't need to look at your starting spot as lesser compared to somebody else. Y'all dig what I'm saying? When it comes to your faith, maybe uh, I think one of the hardest things for people that just start going to church is that they're expected to act like a conditioned Christian when they've never grown up in church. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're expected to be an old wine, uh, in an old wineskin, even though you're new. That's what this verse is saying. And you need to just be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable in the, in the person you are right now, in the spiritual walk you are right now. We're always being compelled by God's Spirit to grow, but don't look at your growth as something small or something insignificant. Y'all dig that? And for, for somebody else that has been going to church their whole life, maybe they don't cuss at all. Maybe you're still, you're working, you're like, well, I'm trying not to cuss as much, but you start feeling insecure when you're around other church people. You don't know what I'm talking about? Hey, well, for me, I may have been, there was a time where I was still cussing a little bit, but at least I wasn't fighting people anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like you're still growing in one area, you're growing so much. Don't compare it to where someone else started. Their start was different than yours. Does that make sense? And, and so your growth is celebrated by God no matter where you're starting from. Don't despise your small beginnings. Don't compare yourself with others, especially during this, this time of fasting and prayer. You're good where you're at. We're all growing different paces, different places. And now I want to read y'all uh, this verse in Luke chapter 5, verse 3 through 6. This is when Jesus first calls Peter. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night. And didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. What, the reason I want us to, to start diving into this idea of, in this story, Peter did the same thing all night. But when Jesus showed up, he told him to do the same thing 
maybe a little bit different, and something different happened. And what's so amazing about this story is that it, it shows the difference between doing things out of our own efforts, our own thoughts, our own direction, compared to having God's blessing on it, to having God's direction in it, to have God working through you instead of you just working by yourself. And it's, it's an abstract idea for us to understand, especially as new believers. It's really hard to see God working through you and see what the difference would be. But here we see a man that was fishing all night. He's an experienced fisherman. And out of his own efforts, out of where he thought he should go, nothing happened. When Jesus showed up, he gave him direction that wasn't necessarily different. It wasn't as much as it was a different place or a different location. He said, throw it on the other side of the boat. It was that, it was God's blessing was on it. And sometimes in our hearts, it's a two millimeter shift that causes us to really achieve what we're looking for. It's, a, it's such a small little change that, that if we make it, we'll really be hitting the bullseye. And I feel, like, I feel like there's so many times when it comes to Christianity, especially if you've been in church before, if you've been a Christian more than a couple, uh, a couple years now, it's so easy to become desensitized in our hearts and think, well, this is just like every other church. This is just like every other message, just like every other fast. This is just like every other prayer time. It's just the same old thing. And you have to really soften your heart. Because if Peter, you notice how Peter was annoyed by this, this suggestion of God? I already did that, Jesus. But if you say so, I'll do it. It's like a teenager, right? <laughs> but when he did it, it says that they, the net was so full they couldn't even bring it in. And if we soften our hearts to really accept that there is something God wants to do in our lives, that there is something that God wants to speak to you, to do through you, you're not even going to be able to handle the outcome. And I, I'm just, my heart is really, I just feel really, uh, moved by this story. And even for our church, I don't know how many times I've, I've done the same thing over and over and wanted to quit because it didn't work. And when you're trying at something and you're giving it all that you got, it can be so discouraging when nothing happens. And I'm, I'm being so real with you guys that it, it's been such a hard time difficult and that the moments where I took a step back and realized that I was gripping the church as tight as I could to where when God would tell me sometimes try it over there try throw the net on that side I'm like no I'm doing it this way this way is going to work and it gripping it so tight and it gets tiring. You, you, your body, your soul gets so tired when you're trying to just do life on your own and you're doing it without God. 
and it's exhausting. And there's those moments where you, you're thinking at the end of the day, how am I going to do this again tomorrow? How am I going to make it another day? How am I going to make, uh, make it another month, another year? How am I going to do And you start thinking, maybe I just need to move somewhere else. Maybe I just need to quit and start something else. This is a bad idea. I just need to move to a different town. That will solve everything. I'll just start over. But see, all those thoughts are just still us gripping the wheel as tight as we can. And if we take a moment, take a step back, and go back to that simple prayer, God, soften my heart. I'm not hearing you at all. And I know that you're speaking to me, but my heart is so hard, I haven't heard anything. And take a step back, and I, I, it's almost ridiculous where God will tell you to do the same thing again. Just throw your net down one more time. And you're just like, I knew this was going to happen. You're telling me to stay? Telling me to go back? Telling me to, to continue working here? But when, it's like something just different happens to where when God's hand is on it, finally it's, there's a breakthrough. When you're hearing from God rather than just doing it all on your own, it's all of a sudden something's released. Something starts to grow. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And I want to share another story. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And this whole tone of it's going to be different. I want you to think about this lady for a second. It says that she spent years and years going to different doctors, taking different treatments, that she spent everything she had, and that it didn't get any better, but in fact it got worse. What changed for her to start believing that in Jesus it was going to be different? What changed for what happened in her heart to where she thought it was going to be different with him? I mean, how discouraged would you be? It says that she spent everything she had. And some of you guys feel like you've spent everything out of your soul, everything out of your effort. And it's only gotten worse. And it shows that she had this little sense of hope and faith that Jesus was different. That this God thing was real. And maybe she was just so beyond desperate is her last chance, is her last try. And this, this little mini story shows us, again, that same attitude that we could put our hopes in everything else, dreams, ambitions, goals, New Year's resolutions. And you guys know that 
most of those hopes end up feeling empty. But if you allow yourself to really put that hope in God, have your heart to where you're really, before you make a goal, you're thinking, God, is this what you want me to do? God, is this really what I should be doing right now? Imagine if that was our prayer rather than writing our goals down uh, just out of our own ambition. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? And it's in those moments where our hope is fulfilled instead of left empty, unspoken. And I, I just really feel like we, we've really become church people to where God is just a routine instead of a, a beckoning of our hearts. It's just Sunday. We, oh, I need to make it to church on Sunday. I need to go to church on Sunday. But does, does Jesus' name stir your heart still? For me, I realized how hard my heart was. My heart stopped jolting at the name of Jesus, feeling unmoved. It just It's so easy to just think that it's going to be the same old thing. Same old service, same old church, same old day, same old life, same old God, same old prayers. Nothing's going to change. When's the last time that you made a prayer that you're really expecting something to, to happen? Instead of just like a desperate, like, God, if you are going to really do something, I need this. It's like you got that fake dollar bill you're putting in the vending machine like, I really hope this one gets what I need. When's the last time you, you had a, a moment of tears in your prayers to where you felt your heart breaking as you prayed? Where you really felt cognitive of God in the room with you? It's in those moments that a difference happens, that it changes you, that it changes the situation. The last verse I want to share with you guys is in Mark chapter 4, verse 24 through 25. And Jesus says, it says, Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. The measure, uh, the measure that you give will be the measure you get back, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. You know, during this fast, what the scripture is saying is that God is speaking to us. God is. But so often we, we, we're really not expecting him to say anything. And so we just, we, we get those little voices, those little unctions, those little thoughts. Say, well, that's just crazy. No, and we ignore them. And God is God is going to be speaking to you th- during this time of fasting. And even as I say that, you might even even think to yourself, "That's not true." Not to me. And these are all signs of our hearts being hard. And I'm, I'm including myself. I'm not just saying you guys are just all messed up with hard hearts. I'm saying we, me, our hearts are hard. 
We're not expecting God to really do something in our lives anymore. We're not expecting moves to happen. We're not expecting, uh, we're not even wanting to have an experience in his presence. We're not expecting it. And when I think about the moments of my life that were the, the best moments I've had with God, it's in the moments that I was really expecting something to happen. It's, it's the moments where I was ready to listen, ready to hear something. And it was in the moments where I wasn't just waiting till Sunday to see Him. And I, I, I need to go back to a place like that. I need God's presence in my life like that. And if you don't feel like you do, then join me in this, this fast and praying for our hearts to be softened. Y'all dig that? It, I can't go another year just going through the motions. It is so, it's, it just feels like death. You're able to do it for a little while, but it's so tiring. It's so empty just going through those motions day after day, clock in, clock out. There's no passion. There's no, there's no fervency. There's no fire in it. It's just dry, old, cold. And I'm, I'm being real with you guys. There's, there's a level even in prayer to where prayer life is something that you enjoy it's not a chore where worship isn't something that we're just doing it's something that you've been waiting for and through the next 21 days I want to really challenge you guys to take your spiritual walk seriously and go to God with an expectation get a journal or something and write down what God has been doing in your life, what He's speaking to you. And it might, uh, you might have to get creative. I shared with y'all last week that I started journaling every day. What was my devotion time like today? Why or why not? What am I grateful for? And what am I going to do tomorrow? And those three questions I've been asking myself at the end of the day. At the beginning, I, saw, I heard myself speaking but after a week of doing that, I started hearing God speaking. And I really, I really want us to, to be able to, by the end of this fast, distinguish, just like we talked about last week, which voice we're really hearing. I want you to be able to tell at the end of this 21 days to distinguish what God's voice is to you what it sounds like to you, to where you, you know your own insecurities, your voice versus God's voice. And that, that only can happen when, when you have your own pursuit, your own step forward. And you can't compare it to others. You just have to, in a sense, have a pure heart the desire to, uh, meaning just having a desire to, 
to find God in your life in a deeper way and not being satisfied with where you're at right now. Y'all feel that? So with that being said, I want us to all stand up and I want us to have some time of worship. And today our message is really focused around the fast. And it's really just focused for us to have I wanted it to be a check on our hearts, a direction for our hearts and where we're going. And throughout this fast, be ready to hear from God and receive something from Him. And I really believe that God is going to give clear direction to some of you. Things that you've been waiting for and needing to hear from Him. Let's pray. God, I ask that you Bring each of us closer to you. I ask that you speak to our hearts. God, I ask that you soften our hearts. Give each of us a deeper desire to know you more, to see you in our lives, to see you in this church. And we ask for you to do a greater work than what we expect. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.